You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. All right. First of all, just want to say welcome to everybody. Welcome back to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast here. We have another interview and this one is going to be a barn burner and probably one of the few interviews we're going to have that they might know more about me than uh, for sure more about me than Jerry and probably for sure more about me than uh, a lot of folks. I would say we were just rattling off before we started and uh, the only other people who know some of the stories that uh, this guy knows are probably my wife and my parents. And so this is going to be a, a really good one. And so this is near and dear to my heart. This individual has uh, been very instrumental in changing my life for one because of the things that have happened. And so I'm really excited for this interview. So for us right now, we have Coach Chuck Peterson for our interview today. And so coach, just come on, introduce yourself, and then we'll get uh, we'll get going. Well, it's an honor and privilege to be a part of this podcast. I thank you and and uh and Jerry for the opportunity, Jacoby. And yeah, I'm uh I'm I'm here and uh, fired up to get started with you guys. Sounds good. Give us a little bit of your background, coach. So where did you, where'd you come from? Obviously, well, obviously for me, you, you know, you went to the United States Air Force Academy. So give us a little bit of your history there. Tell us who you are and then we'll get going. Yeah. Um, born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas, fought uh, the idea of going to the Air Force Academy uh, for uh, about a year and every turn God took something away and kind of kept that one out in the front. And by the grace of God and my dad and mom, uh, I ended up going, I graduated from air force and served seven years active duty. Uh, four of those years were at Eglin air force base as a space surveillance crew commander, uh, supporting the NORAD mission with missile warning and satellite tracking. Uh, and then had the, Great pleasure to, to go back. Uh, started in 1990, coaching at Air Force and spent 17 years there. Left there, went to University of North Texas for four years, uh, and then spent 10 years as a head coach at the high school ranks. One uh, stint of five years at Orange Lutheran High School in Orange, California. Most people don't know that program, but they do know the people that were in our district, modern day. St. John Bosco, Servite J. Sarah, Santa Margarita. So it was big time football. And then uh, the last five years, I've been at uh, Hyde Park in Austin, Texas, a smaller Christian high school. Uh, and then I've been here at the United States Naval Academy since January and just really blessed to be here and be a part of this staff. Awesome. That's so awesome. So we're going to dig deep into all that stuff as well. And then, uh, but the first question we always ask all of our guests is when you hear success without sacrifice, what does that mean to you? And so what we don't mean is that you're not going to have to uh, sacrifice in order to have success, but we don't want you to sacrifice the things you love in order to have success. So whenever you hear that, what, uh, what comes to mind for you, coach? 
Well, I think a couple of things. I think the first thing I think of is my dad, who afforded our family uh, a great life. As a kid, I didn't want for much. But, you know, he sacrificed a lot so that we could have what we had. Um, He was an extremely successful businessman, but refused to move to New York uh, because he wanted to raise us in Fort Worth. So he basically traveled back and forth to New York for about 10 years, uh, would come home on Thursday night so he could watch a Friday football game. So, you know, from a personal standpoint, you know, he set an example for me of, of how to be a very successful businessman. He was ultimately the national vice president of sales for L'Oreal uh, and was on the initial cadre that came, that brought L'Oreal to America from Europe. Wow. And, but at the same time, he was a great dad. And then I had the, the great fortune of playing for Ken Hatfield and coaching for Fisher to Barry, who both, uh, again, were instrumental in, in helping me be the man that I am. And, and really, again, you're talking about, you know, success as the world looks at, but at the same time, they were successful uh, fathers and husbands and laid an example for me. And then, you know, fortunately for me, you know, now I'm on this, uh, a very similar staff with coach Niamatololo who puts family above anything else. And so for me, it's all about, you know, as a man, you have to balance. You can be successful in business or in coaching or in any other endeavor, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's in a coaching perspective, the young man that you have an opportunity to to lead. I don't care how many games we won, Jacoby, if I didn't help guys like you get to where they are today, it wouldn't have been successful at all. Um, the rings, the watches, the trophies all go, you know, in a, in a, a trash bin one day, but the people you leave behind are the ones that to me are, are what you are as a man and as a, as a husband, as a father, and as a, as a coach or as a, a businessman. Man, it's super good. Yeah, there's a lot going on right there. For sure. Uh, I have a question on the, because uh, kind of this is where it brought you guys together, and you'd mentioned that you kind of fought going to the academy. And um, did you have, what drove you to the academy or what kind of led you there? Did you have family there? Did you get an opportunity to play? Like, what was it that led you to the academy? Well, for me, it was a matter of, very honestly, I God just took every path away from me and created the one path that I think he wanted me to go down. I had no family, no real past military history. I knew I wanted a a really quality education and I wanted to be a a division one football player. And that was it. And over a period of time, you know, it just kept growing on me and to the point where, um, you know, I decided to go ahead and go and, and then, you know, the rest was history, so to speak. I feel like uh, I'm talking to Jacoby when you share that story. That's exactly, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of his route. And um, and then 
Who and then do you know does he know do you know Sergio Navarro? He would, I don't he, believe so. He doesn't know no. yeah, he wouldn't no, know okay. Sergio. Sergio. So, but his, Sergio went to the prep school with me and he's a real okay. tattoo. Yeah. And so similar story, like you, you guys have one path and this is the one we're taking. So yep. Yep. Well, the irony too is, you know, not only was I able to share some of that with Jacoby when I recruited him, but I I actually was able to coach him too. So yeah, he got probably more of me than he wanted, but uh, um, yeah, we we developed a pretty special relationship through that period of time. What was yeah, your position? I, I literally spent I literally spent probably every day probably <laughs> with Coach Pete. Literally, yeah. and I don't know if it's that way or the other way. It's funny how your perspective changes. You know, I look at myself and I was like a total knucklehead. You know, <laughs> at least back in the day, or you just you just think, you know, everything, you know, it's like, man, my, it's almost like I look back and I go, my dad told me this thing. And then it's yeah. like, Oh, then it comes to fruition, you know? And so that's really how I feel with, with you coaches. Like you, you guys were always, you know, telling us the it's everything you guys said and did like it built in us, like created a firm foundation, right. you know? And even though it's like, it's going in one ear and going out the other, you know, you just, as I look back, I'm like, man, those things were like so foundational for me now. And you never realize like what you catch, you know, as you're in those times. And so, you know, that's like really, really good. And that, you know, that I think of, especially when you're, you're sharing all these stories, it's bringing back (laughs) all these memories for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it was a special time. And, uh, you know, you were obviously a special uh, young man, but uh, you know, you had a great foundation in the home. Mom and dad were, you know, huge in your life as they still are. And so as a coach, it really wasn't hard. It was pretty easy. You know, the, the convincing you to be, to come to the academy was probably more difficult than it was to coach you, that's for sure. But once you got there, um, the institution took care of a lot of it. And I was just blessed to be a part of it. It's awesome. Well, we kind of were talking, yeah, well, we were talking a little before. And so let's go back to that, like on the the process of like how you, how you came to spot Jacoby and what that recruiting process was like for him. Yeah. I think just, I think it's like any other, you know, business, whether it's real estate or anything else, you just, as a recruiter, you just try to stay the course. You try to be honest. Originally, initially, you know, I didn't know that, we would even have a chance to recruit Jacoby. Um, came from one of the most storied programs in the state of Texas, was a fullback in an offense that featured a tailback in Cedric Benson. So Jacoby's junior year, they win the third uh, consecutive state championship. Uh, but as the fullback, he didn't get a lot of uh, carries, but did some of the unsung things that are important not only in the offense that we ran at Air Force, but, you know, just as a a guy that would be a contributor uh, in other areas. And, you know, at the time, uh, Coach Parchman, the head coach, chose not to have spring practice. And and so I'm not saying that hurt Jacoby, but, uh, you know, they moved him to tailback. And, you know, a lot of coaches were going to come through that spring hoping to see Jacoby carry the football and, do some things that he wasn't maybe featured the previous year or two. And um, so they didn't get to see him do that. And then uh, early in summer camp, Jacoby's senior year, he hurt his knee 
And so that set him back and, and he didn't really have any senior film until about halfway through the year. And it became now more fullback film because they'd kind of moved on and said, you know, we got to find a tailback. And so they did, but, uh, you know, I just continued to kind of stay with him, uh, because I, I knew the kind of kid he was, he had high character, mom and dad were huge, big help to me and Jacoby because they, they were guiding him down that path too. And didn't hurt that when I went on the home visit, his dad threw down some ribs and, uh, <laughs> all was good at that point. Uh, and, and just kind of was one of those deals, just stayed with it, you know, and I guess in your line of work in real estate, it's not going to be an easy sell every time. And you just got to stay with it and be honest about what you're trying to accomplish. And uh, generally speaking, good things will happen after that. Yeah, that's good to get, give a little perspective on that. <clears throat> I remember getting my first uh, Air Force Academy, uh, y'all like send out the promotional stuff or whatever. And like coach yeah. Parchman, coach P gave me that. And I literally threw it in the trash. I was like, I don't want to be in the military. <laughs> like, I still remember I got one from you all. And I got one from Air Force and I got one from army. And I was like, I don't want to be in the military. And then, uh, you know, it's just crazy how, you know, you say like man plans, but the Lord orders his steps. Right. And so it's yeah. almost like the same path you were saying is like, all I knew is I wanted to play division one football and literally every week coaches would call me. They'd be like, Hey, how'd this week go? How'd you play? And I was only supposed to be out like three weeks, two to three weeks. And then it ended up being like almost, I think like six or seven weeks. Yeah. And I'd be like, Oh, I didn't play. And then eventually like no one else was calling. And coach P literally coach Pete was literally the only D one coach that was left talking to me. And I was like, and then I went on the visit when I went on the visit, I was like, Oh, this place is legit. Like I never, never even knew about it. But once I got there, it was almost like an open and shut case once I went on the visit, but that's kind of the wild thing. But the thing that I pull or the thing that I want to ask from you is like as a recruiter, because a lot of us, especially folks that will be listening to this podcast, we're building real estate teams. And the thing that I'm seeing now is that um, we talk about like get the right person on the bus and then get them in the right seat. And a lot of what I'm seeing is, is you want people that are a culture fit. You know, and I think, you know, when you say that, those are kind of the things you all looked for, but kind of expand on that, because I know the guys that I went to school with, they're all great. They're all, it almost seems like they're all great dudes, especially the guys that finish and even some of the guys that fall off as well, but kind of talk to that, like how, when you're going to recruit, like, how are you, you know, targeting guys and who are you looking for and that sort of thing? That's a great, great question. Um, you know, we use the term OKG. We didn't invent it here, but our kind of guys. And from a culture standpoint, you know, I think it's really important that you find people with uh, great work ethic, uh, high character kids. And I think that's what makes it easy at an academy is in order to get into the academy, you got to be a high character guy. So it's it's not like we can just slide um, some guys through and not all of them are going to make it, obviously. But, you know, you start with character. You start with work ethic. Uh, I think there's got to be a, a an element of mental toughness, you know, for you and in, in, in your situation, you know, it have been really easy for you to kind of mentally quit. Um, physically, you were injured, but you could have kind of shut it down. You'd already had some rings, and but you just kept fighting through it. And because the academy's hard, and there are going to be times when you're going to get knocked down, and it's about just pulling yourself up. Um, 
But I think those are the things that we look for. And obviously, um, we're in this business also to, to be successful on the field and win. So you got to have that element too. Um, and you just, you know, guys like you fit that, that mold. Yeah. So I want to dig a little deeper there though. So how do you, is it, is it maybe a result of also having to get into the Academy too? Like it's so hard to get in because this is a self-serving question because I'm interviewing people. And a lot of times people just tell you what you want to hear, you know what I mean? And so how do you gauge based off like, or at least from your perspective, you know, what somebody tells you and then what is, you know, actual reality, or maybe you put it up against film or you look at their family too. What are some of the deeper elements of that, that you kind of look at? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, obviously the film is, is important. You got to I mean, you can be a great kid all you want, but if you can't play, you know, uh, there's not a whole lot I can do to help you there. But, you know, I rely a lot on, just I, I get a good feel as I talk to a kid. Is he telling me what I want to hear? Or is he really what he is? Mm. But I think especially in Texas, high school coach is very valuable uh, to a recruiter in that, uh, you know, Coach Parchman was banging your drum from the first time I walked in the door. And, and I think he understood that, you know, as much as he loved you, he wasn't going to just sell you to me if you weren't the kind of kid that he said you were. I got a great feel in the home from mom and dad and, and the environment you grew up in. Um, you know, so I I think a lot of it maybe is, you know, kind of a an internal feeling as, as the more time you spend. Um, you know, in a recruiting world, as opposed to probably your world, I, I got to spend whether it was on the phone or, you know, whatever else, uh, in-home visits or seeing you in the school. I got to spend a lot of time with you and whether you felt like it was or not, I was interviewing you just like you were interviewing me mm. every time we had an interaction. Uh, and so that was, that's the fortunate thing about this profession is, I can spend a whole lot more time in that regard as opposed to you trying to interview a person for a particular position. And then you may not have a lot of time to be able to decide if that's the person or not. And then give us an idea of how many homes do you go in or how many, how many recruits do you talk to like maybe in, you know, in the recruiting season? Yeah. You know, it's, it's different at an Academy because there's, we recruit in mass you know, University of Texas, they're trying to sign at most 25 in a year. So they narrow it down pretty quickly. For me, I I want to say right now, and I recruit San Antonio all the way up by 35 through Austin and just past Waco, and then I go all the way west to El Paso. I'm still tracking in the 23 class. I want to say probably a hundred kids and that doesn't mean that I'm establishing a hundred relationships, but I've got some that I'm really actively working. I've got some that are kind of on the back burner and then some even further than that. But, you know, there's about a hundred that I'm at some point communicating with. How does the new, uh, an off, 
question a little bit, but it, it goes to show how you kind of always having to change the model. How does in the academy, does the new like transfer rules affect you guys just like it does the other universities? Yeah, it's a little different for us. Obviously, the first two years, kids can leave at any time without any military obligation or financial obligation. Once they start class their junior year, then it's really difficult for them to leave because they've incurred a commitment okay. to pay back the uh, the government for their two years or three years of education. So the portal can happen the first two years for us. Unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, um, we don't get the benefit of getting a kid through the portal. Yeah. Because in order to do that, that young man would have to start basically uh, his freshman year again. And from an eligibility standpoint, there would be some issues. You know, his uh, he would run out of, you know, playing time before he even was close to graduating. So we really aren't the receiving end of the portal guys. We're kind of at the other end. Now, where I think it has helped us, uh, but they just fixed this rule, a lot of the universities have stopped recruiting in mass high school kids because they're they're getting yep. a, a portal kid. So there's probably a better high school kid available okay. uh, for those that aren't really using the portal. But I think the NCAAs come back, I think, for the next two years, they have allowed unlimited signings of the initial where initially you only had 25 a year to get to 85. Uh, I think with COVID and all the other things that have happened, there's programs that if you sign 25 a year are never going to get to that 85. So I think what they're allowing them to do now is sign more than 25 in the initials for the next two years. So it's going to fix that issue a little bit. But then after that, I think we'll we'll get back on track. Question going back to you would use the word balance, and that's a word that pops up often in our podcast and with our guests. And when you say like you're looking for that, because you were at the time you're talking about work and family, and you used the word balance. Let's break that down a little bit. And like, what do you what do you mean by balance? As far as is it time? Is it energy? Is it effort? Is it like when you say balance? What does that look like for you? Wow, that's, you know, it's probably all the above, Jerry. I was fortunate and am fortunate. Uh, I was fortunate to work for Coach DeBerry for 17 years. I've been fortunate now to work for Coach Niamatololo. Um, I think, you know, as a leader, uh, you set the the parameters and, and you can set that balance, not that your employees are going to ever – achieve that or, or, you know, mimic it. But, you know, my, uh, for 17 years, kind of all I knew is what coach DeBerry did. We did work on Sunday, but it was not very much. We never stayed after practice like most staffs do and watch film till midnight. He was very adamant. Uh, there were days when he actually stopped at my door and said, let's go. And I said, well, coach, I, I'm just finished finishing something up. And he said, no, let's go. And wouldn't leave until I left. 
um, because he wanted us to be home with our kids and our wife, eat dinner with them, read them stories and put them to bed. So uh, as the leader, he set that, those parameters and it was a lot easier to maintain that. But when I talk balance, I just talk about, there's so many things that a man right now is the expectation is, you know, you've got to be a great husband. You got to be a great father. If you're of faith, you got to be a great man of faith. Uh, Oh, by the way, you got to sell $5 million a year. And, you know, again, it goes back to how you're going to define success and, and how you define that, in my opinion, is just like I said to start the show, is the people you leave behind and the legacy that you leave. And nobody cares how many houses you've sold. Nobody cares how many games you've won. But I'd like to think that uh, the relationships that you build in your family, in your church, uh, in your work environment, that to me is what I'm talking about with balance. And so, uh, you know, I've just been very fortunate that the guys I've worked for have created that opportunity for me to be balanced. Now, you can do it or not do it, but uh, it's a lot easier to do it when your boss is, is, you know, basically modeling that for you. That's really good. Tell us a little bit about your fam, Coach, because you got a great family, too, which is like which is really what I think is commendable. And, you know, I didn't realize it because it was all I knew. But, you know, one thing Coach DeBerry always said is like after after the game, he'd be like, make sure you call your mom and your family and tell them you love them. And, you know, it starts to become kind of cliche. But, you know, that's that's really important. And, uh, you know, like I said, it leaves it leaves a uh, imprint is probably what I would say on you that you don't know that it does. So tell us a little bit for one, just tell us about your family. And then, two, that's one thing that I always saw that. I loved about, you know, being at the Academy, we would always go to you guys' houses. We would eat dinner there, you know, and you guys were always opening up your home, which now I've got four kids. I'm like opening up your home is, is not a small deal. You know what I mean? Especially when you got a daughter as well, you know, and so, and uh, a bunch of football guys coming around and all that. So, you know, that's one thing I will say is I think was really commendable is, you know, for your family, you've got a great family. They're all successful doing a great doing great things right now as well. So yeah, tell us a little bit about your fam and then talk about that balance with your family too, because you're recruiting, you're coaching and doing all that. How, you know, I think Jacoby, I appreciate, uh, you know, it, it all starts as you know, with the, uh, the wife and I've got a great wife, you know, we've been married 34 years. She's been through me with me through every journey and there's been a lot of success in the world's eyes. And there's been some, some tough times, um, but she's always been there. This is a, and I, I kind of call it uh, coaching and probably a lot like real estates. It can be a selfish profession um, because you do spend a lot of time that you would rather be able to be at home, but um, she's been amazing. She's our rock. Our three kids are, you know, really, really doing well. Uh, Chase, my oldest, is 32 years old. He is coaching in the secondary at Prosper High School, north of Dallas, married. Uh, they have two kids, uh, Chance is six and Nash is four, and they've got one on the way coming in August. Uh, his wife is a great wife. She allows him to 
to do what he does. And, uh, and then uh, Brady, my middle son, just got married actually this weekend. We had a big celebration in Baltimore, uh, married a great girl who ironically he met through his sponsor family here at Navy. Uh, he graduated in 2019 from Navy, played football here for Coach Niamat, and uh, is in the Marine Corps station at Camp Pendleton. He's an infantry officer. And then my my baby, Natalie, is living in, and working in Austin and doing great things. She's a director of administration for a Chick-fil-A franchise. Um, so I've just been blessed that my wife has been able to pick up most of the slack uh, for me and, uh, you know, just uh, really fortunate. We've had some great coaching experiences, but, you know, one of the things that, you know, as you mentioned, and I, I shared this in the 10 years, I stole it from Coach DeBerry, but um, as a head coach, I, I left my guys with three things every Friday night. Remember who you are and who you represent. And what that means, you represent much more than, uh, you know, yourself. You represent the school that you represent. You represent your last name, you know, all those kinds of things. Don't let one day go by to, that you don't tell your mother and dad you love them and thank those that are responsible for you being here because we're not here by ourselves. And then lastly, and he was not opposed to saying it, get your butt to church on Sunday if your parents aren't willing to go, you drag them there yourself. But, and that was kind of the message. And hopefully I've been able to do that a little bit with my kids and hopefully help them along the way. It's awesome. That's the, that's three solid pieces of advice right there. Well, they're not mine. I can yeah. promise you that. <laughs> and I, I just know that coach DeBerry's legacy in that regard lives on because there's a bunch of kids I coached over the last 10 years that heard that every, every game. And hopefully they'll share that with people in their lives as well. And just to be clarity, uh, coach DeBerry's the air, the air force coach. He is a former air force coach. Yes. Okay. He's the winningest coach in air force history, right? He is. Yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah. He He's also uh, big in FCA as well. I got yes, talking to some folks here at FCA and everybody. And he's got his foundation. You know, he was brought up and raised by a single mom back in the day when there weren't a lot of single moms raising boys. And so his foundation, which he's been a big part of, basically pays for single kids to go to sports camps or church camp. He does a foundation fundraiser in Colorado. He does one in South Carolina. I think he's doing one in Oklahoma. So, yeah, he's raised a lot of money to afford kids the opportunity to go to camp that may not have that ability to do that. All right. What You got anything, Jerry? I'm about to get into some football stuff here. There we go. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to just have you throw in a little bit on how – like what took you from the college ranks to the high school ranks and what like maybe what some of the motivation or thought process behind that was for you? Very good. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to answer that very simply. Like anything else in my life, it's, it's really just God throwing me where he wants me. And I think me being open to that move. I had a pastor in Colorado Springs when I was going through a difficult time, very honestly, after we got fired at Air Force. 
and went to University of North Texas. It was a very difficult transition for me leaving a place that I'd basically spent 20 something years of my life at. And, but I was, I was home. We were back in the North Texas area, but at the time I was really frustrated. We were getting our brains beat out at North Texas. Wasn't having a lot of fun, but I, I failed to look at the, the good things that were going on in our life. Maybe not for me professionally, but certainly personally. Uh, and my three children were thriving. My wife was thriving, but I didn't understand that. And so I had a, a good heart to heart with my pastor from at the time. It was called Chapel Hills Baptist in um, in Colorado Springs. And Bill Lighty sat down with me and said, do you remember my definition of faith? And I said, no, I really don't. And at the time, I really didn't even care to hear it. And he said, well, faith is trust in advance, what will only make sense in reverse. And he goes, I promise you, when you go through the crucible, when you come out on the other end, and it may not be immediate, it may be five years, it may be 10 years, but you're going to look back and go, I get why you sent me where you sent me. And it was obviously at the end of my time at North Texas, very clear why that happened. Um, you know, my son, as I mentioned, Chase married his high school sweetheart. We have two grandbabies and one on the way from that relationship that would have never happened had we gone to North Texas. He won a state championship in high school and that would have never happened. So it wasn't about me. And a lot of times it really isn't. We try to make it about us, but in reality, we're just a, a vessel. And in that case, that, that happened. It's a long-winded answer. But so then we get fired at North Texas. And a great friend of mine that I had mentored very honestly, had he had been at Orange Lutheran as a player and as an assistant coach. And he was actually at Valor Christian in Denver as a head coach. And he and I talked quite a bit name is Rod Sherman. And Rod called me and said, hey, would this be something you'd ever entertain? And again, my initial thought was California, no. <laughs> uh, high school football, haven't done it. I mean, there were so many reasons to say no. And But what I did is I just said, God, I'm going to listen. And honest to goodness, I can't make this stuff up. I went on a Saturday morning. I basically told myself, I'll give it a couple of days and pray about it and think if this is what we want to do. And I had met with each one of my family members prior to after Rod told me about the job. And I thought at least one would say no, because I told myself, if one of them says no, we're not going. You were hoping one said no. I was hoping. <laughs> one say no. And everyone all three kids and my wife were like, let's do it. Let's go. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And so I still was unsure. And I go to the website on a Saturday morning to see what was involved in even applying. And that's really the only reason I went to the website. And I was hoping it'd be one of those deals where I didn't want to even do it. And the first job posting that came up on their employment site was they were looking for a French teacher well, that's what my wife teaches. And those jobs, there's one in that whole school. 
Yep. And that job never comes open. It was a lady that had been there like 15 years and was retiring. And at that point, I just said, maybe I need to stop saying no and answer God. Yes. Cause I think he created it. So I, that, that was honestly how it happened. And I had a great five years there. And then uh, a good friend of mine who coached with us at air force was the head coach at, in Austin at Hyde park. And he said, Hey, I'm retiring. And would you like to come here? And it gave us a chance to come back home or close to home and be back in the state. And so it, you know, again, it goes back to that. And then, um, you know, I got, got a call from coach Nehemiah in, uh, in December, but so really I, I loved, I loved the 10 years coaching high school football, wouldn't trade those 10 for anything, but, uh, just different path. But I think God, God laid it down for us. I think it's, I mean, there's a, definitely a pattern. It's uh, following what God wants you, you know, following God's lead and then uh, the relationships. So I like, I'm here in love of God, love others. And uh, that marks all upon it because every, where you went, you went where you felt God was leading you. And because of relationships you'd had established. Yeah. yeah and then I would say, and then the other thing I would say I see on that is kind of humility, right? Cause I, I'm, I'm not a, I'm just going to assume there was some turmoil between that time of 2007 and on, because I'm just going to be honest, like whenever uh, coach DeBerry left, I think like coach Pete was our offensive coordinator. Right. And so he like did a really good job. Like we, we like won the rushing title, like all the way through. Right. He was like the mastermind for everything that we did. Like we had a lot of good quarterbacks that came through that he developed. And so obviously the next succession would be like, at least in my head, I was like, man, coach Pete's going to be the head coach now at air force, you know? And so what I would think is like, so what I'm hearing is like the growth, you know, that you said from that year, from like 2007 on when you had to leave, you know, air force there and having the humility of like, what, what is happening and, and all that is, I think that is like, at least that's what I'm pulling out of this thing is like, that is the mark of like, a man and then also it sounds like you i don't know what the the thing is there but you have to lean on the lord to figure out like what the hell is going on right now right and so right. yeah it's good no and, and you probably give me way too much credit i it, there was not as much humility as you probably think i i was hurt and there was a bitterness that i didn't enjoy but it was it was bad and you know i just i but then i look back on it and God created the opportunity to do what I did where I did it. And, and I'm very thankful for that. But while I was in the middle of it all, it sure wasn't a lot of fun. And there was hurt, there was anger, there was bitterness. All those are human qualities that we all take on at various times that sometimes we're not as proud of. And uh, I'm just thankful that I had a pastor that could, pull me through that. And, and then God just lay down the path at which he wanted me to go. But, you know, there was some kicking and screaming along the way too. Yeah. Which is why we do this podcast, right? Because if you look at that, you could look at that as that's like a failure, you know? And so that's right. why we like, we're having these conversations with people is like, you have to figure out what success is. And I like what you said is like, you weren't looking at, you know, the things around you with that were like the good things in your life, you know, because right. honestly, our jobs, 
I think what the world tells us is like our job defines who we are, you know, but that's the thing is like our jobs don't define us, you know, and that's why I love, at least I did loved hearing that part of the story right there is like, you know, what is, I think of it as like eternal. It's like, man, your, your son got married and then now you've got two grandkids and like another one on the way, you know? And so those are the things that like, we're truly going to look back on. Cause like when we're on our deathbed, it's like, you don't look back and say, you know, whatever, I wish I would have scored this touchdown here or there. It's like, I think of the four faces that I've got sitting in my living room right now, you know? And so I just, I just love, love hearing that. Well, you've heard it said this way. It's, it's your job is not who you are. It's what you do. And, uh, and whether it's coaching or not, but you kind of start to, to feel a little bit. I mean, when you, you close on a big deal, I mean, there's ego involved that man, start to struggle a little bit, you score a touchdown, you kind of think, man, it's all about me. And uh, as a coach, the same way. I mean, I was the same guy in 1998 and yeah, when we uh, won 10, 12 ball games, as I was in 2000 when we won 10, as I was in 2007 when we won four. You know, and I, I'm the same guy. And I, I think that's important that we don't identify who we are by what we do, because you're always set up for failure and disappointment and hurt. hundred percent. So let me ask this. I got a football question here. So one of my dudes, he's got, he's going to be playing his first year of football. Wow. What are your, what are your, uh, he's playing flag. It'll be flag this year, but uh, yeah. what are your thoughts on, um, you know, got because there's all the concussion stuff and all that. I know the the benefits I got from being on a team, you know. But then I look back and I'm like, man, do I? I probably got a little bit of brain damage up in here. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on uh, like all the all the talk with all that and everything? And then to a young dad who's got a son who's who's yeah. probably going to want to be playing as well. Yeah, I think I think it's a safe sport. My grandsons are going to play. Um, how long they play, you know, that I can't answer that, but. I do think there is something about team sports is really important, whether it's football, it's baseball, it's basketball, whatever it is, soccer. Um, you learn the value of, of uh, what a team is and, and how each individual can contribute to a team because ultimately at the end of the day, that's what a family is and that's what usually in a business sense what you're, as you guys are doing, putting together teams um, so I do think that's important. Football in general has never been safer, in my opinion. I think some of the things that have happened uh, have forced us as a profession and as an industry to uh, to look at what we can do to, to be safe. You know, we would never do things today that we did when I first started coaching. <laughs> and very frankly, we didn't do things in the early nineties that were done to me in high school. I mean, I can remember literally one bucket of water for our whole team with a ladle. And we got a five minute break where everybody got one ladle full of water and that was it. And, you know, all the things that we did with bull in the ring and all those things, you know, obviously those aren't a part of the game now and rightfully so. So I, I, as a parent, I, I would feel confident that the industry and the game itself is as safe 
is safer than it's ever been. And, and we're educating each other on how we can effectively do that. You know, there really are no two a days anymore. You know, there's, there's a whole lot of practice things that we're doing now that we never did in the past. Um, and, and so as a dad, I would just, I would observe though, I wouldn't just throw the kid out there and let him go, you know, especially a guy that's played the game and you understand and make sure that it's safe for him and for everybody else. Have fun. Jerry, Jerry you got any, uh, recruiting questions? Jerry's son is, uh, what year is, uh, Coop? He's, uh, he just finished up his freshman year in high school. Good. Yeah, He's my you youngest. Get, you got a yep. you got a top recruiter right here, man. You got yeah. to ask yeah. some recruiting questions, yeah. man. <laughs> well, even so, I have a 27 year old, a 22, and a 15 year old. Even the difference between the recruiting, like when the 27 year old played, to when the 15 year old played, like because he plays baseball, and okay. it is, you know, there's so much money in like, it's, you know, the different organizations that kind of funnel the kids too. And now all the recruiters seem to be there because it's an easy place to see everybody. Yep. And so you gotta, it's a pay to play, you know, you gotta, you gotta have PBR rankings and you've got to get your scores up there. And, and it's a game of like, okay, well, we're not, you know, his freshman year, he's, uh, he's a little bit slower. So, you know what, he, we're not doing a PBR this summer because we don't want that time on, we don't want that time recorded. And so right. we're going to hold off to his sophomore year. Uh, and then do speed and agility. And then it's just, it's so crazy. Like the speed and agility and the strength and conditioning and the hitting coaches and pitching coaches and like whatever you want to do. And then I'm trying to raise a young man of faith here. And so, uh, you know what, you know, our missions trip this summer has got to be a priority over that tournament. And, um, and just, uh, so it's crazy. So I don't even know what questions to ask a recruiter because it's so, (laughs) it's so different now. Well, and it is. And, and that's, I'll be very honest. That's a shame. The one last, in my opinion, sport that's kind of maybe beyond all of that is still football. Mm -hmm. But football is working its way into that world with all the private coaches. You know, you've got DB guys and wide receiver guys. And I'll just be honest, they're agents, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And you've got a bunch of camps and, you know, just it's it's a really the tough market. And baseball's always been that way. Basketball's been that way. And football is is still kind of staying out of it, but it's becoming really difficult. And, you know, you just got to, as a parent, I think, make the best decisions for your son or daughter. Uh, what's the end goal? Is it more, hey, I just want them to have a great high school career because generally speaking, very few are going to actually get to play at the next level. Um, And even the ones that do, and I'll just use baseball, because of the limited number of scholarships and the way they break them down, if you're not a left-handed pitcher or a catcher, you got – it's hard to get any money in baseball. Yeah, there's no expectation of uh, that's not even been on our radar because what do they get like 11 and three quarter scholarships for a right. 35 man roster? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, so our goal has always been when he like when he played travel, it's like, and we worked with coaches that were this way, we want to prepare them to be 
do the best they can to be the best high school player they can. And now his goal is to be the best high school player he can. And the the next level will work itself out. And I think that's a a wise Mm -hmm. path that you're taking. And I would recommend that for every parent. Good deal, man. This has been an awesome conversation. Coach, is there anything you like would like to say that maybe we didn't hit or anything or get, uh, get out that maybe, uh, yeah, we didn't ask. Well, I just want, I want to leave you with, how proud I am of you. You know, I can still remember walking into Midland Lee High School. I guess it's not called that anymore. We, I guess <laughs> at the time it was, but walking into that high school, talking to Coach Parchment about you, spending time with you and your mom and dad. And, and, and again, like we said to begin, definition of excess is the Jacoby Kendricks of the world. I can't even tell you how many games we won during your four years there but I can tell you what kind of man you are um, by the things that you're doing, the four children you're raising, the great husband that you are. And um, so to me, that is, you're, you're one of those successful guys that make me successful. And so, you know how much I love you, appreciate all that you do. uh, And just really proud of you as a man. I can't tell you how great a real estate agent you are. I think you're pretty dang good, but that doesn't matter. You're a great man and a great husband, a great father and man of God. And uh, if I had something to do with that, then I guess I'm, I'm okay with that. Awesome coach. I appreciate it. Yeah. There's so many things, like I said, I was a knucklehead back in the day. And so uh, I just love all the things you, you know, you did. And then for the coaches too, just knowing that you guys are sowing seeds, you know, for, for guys like myself. And so just all the, all the things that are, that are there has just been, you know, awesome as I look back. And so you are pivotal in how my life has turned out because I met my wife because she was at UCCS. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I think if I would have went to, uh, I wanted to go to Oklahoma state or SMU, and so I think if I would have been at one of those two schools, things would not be where they are for sure, you know? And so, so why don't we, uh, everybody who's listening to this podcast coach is now coaching, like he said, at the, at, uh, the United States Naval Academy. So check them out this fall. There's only one time that I will be rooting against them and that's when they're here for So, you know, they're going to do great this year. They always have great teams. And then if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to maybe contact you or reach out? Absolutely. My, uh, my email is C is in Charlie. And then, um, Peter, wait, C Peters. So got that C, new email now. Yeah. C P E T E R S E at usna.edu. Perfect. And we'll have that in we'll the show. Put that notes on the link too. Yeah. We'll have that in the yeah, show notes. Good. So everybody will have that. And so thanks coach for coming on. It looks, hey, like they play, it looks like they play October 1st. Maybe we need to take a road trip, Jacoby. Go see Coach we, play Air Force. We do. do it. It's the uh, second time I've been back to uh, the Falcon Stadium and, and really Colorado Springs since 2006. So it'll be, a, it'll be neat to get back there. Nice. That'll be good. Thanks, right, Coach. It was great meeting you. You too, Jerry. Take care. God bless y'all. All right, Coach. Thanks. Go Navy. Army. <laughs> Love it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. 
And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, so you get notification of all new episodes.